morning, sons and daughters of God, and welcome to our online worship for this week. It is good to be with you, and we are always glad that we can come and share this time of worship with you. And when Susan and I built our home, we decided that we were going to buy the smallest lot in the neighborhood because, quite frankly, I've had my fill of yard work. I had a lot of time to do it in other houses, but I didn't want to have to do it here. All the weeding and watering and trimming, and so I'm kind of done with that. But today, we're going to hear Jesus tell us a story about God's version of working in the dirt, doing some yard work, and as usual with Jesus' stories, it has an interesting twist and a very meaningful message. So we invite you to join us today for this time of worship. Uh, Take a moment to light a candle if you have one available to be reminded that God is with us together even though we're separated and take a few moments to prepare ourselves for worship. Following the prelude today, we will be spending some time with a visual video uh, confessional message and absolution, so we invite you to look forward to that.
Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, whose steadfast love is everlasting, whose faithfulness endures from generation to generation. Amen. Long ago, a prophet by the name of Joel implored God's people to honestly confess their sins and failures, telling them of God's love which had been planted deep inside of them. He pleaded, Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. provided in the crucified Jesus a visual and authentic love that can never ever be exhausted. Therefore, with this kind of love planted deep within us, we can get honest and ask the Spirit God to come in and put things right. capable of growing goodness and sharing it around, but we also allow goodness to wither and weeds to flourish. Your mercy has taken root in us, but we do not share it enough with others. Your justice has grown on us, but we have inadequately intimated it. Your truth has showered on us, but we have left it run to waste. Your love has blossomed among us, but we have been slow to set fruit.
listen to this word. Where sin abounds, love much more abounds. Listen to it once more. Where sin abounds, love much more abounds. Beloved of God, by the radical abundance of God's divine mercy, the extravagant grace which has been sown generously, thrown into our hearts, we have peace with God through Christ Jesus, through whom we have obtained grace upon grace upon grace. Our sins are forgiven. That's right. Our sins are forgiven. So let us live now in hope. For hope does not disappoint. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, in peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. For the reign of God and for peace throughout the world, for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. For your people here who have come to give you praise, for the strength to live your word, let us pray to the Lord. Have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Help, save, and defend us, O God. Amen. Let us pray together. Almighty and extravagant sower of love, we thank you for planting in us the seed of your word. By your Holy Spirit, help us to be good soil by receiving it with joy, living according to it, and growing in faith and hope and love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. First reading is from the 55th chapter of Isaiah, beginning with the 10th verse. God's word to Israel's exiles is as sure and effective as never-failing precipitation. Their return to the Holy Land in a new exodus is cheered on by singing mountains and by trees that clap their hands. A reading from Isaiah. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I propose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle and it shall be to the Lord for a memorial, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Thanks be to God. The second reading is from the eighth chapter of Romans, beginning with the first verse. 
There is no condemnation for those who live in Christ. God sent Christ to accomplish what the law was unable to do, condemn sin, and free us from its death-dealing ways. The Spirit now empowers proper actions and values in our lives and gives us the promise of resurrected life. A reading from Romans. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and to deal with sin, He condemned sin in the flesh so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, Alleluia, for to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Gospel according to Matthew. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen. 
a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace is yours from our risen Christ. Amen. One of the commentators that I usually follow in my sermon prep has a brother who is an engineer at John Deere. And in his blog this week, he said that you can go on John Deere's website and see all of the latest and greatest innovations in farming that are available across the planet. So I did that. I went to the John Deere website, and here is what they offer in what they, are called, what they call Farm Forward 2.0. There's artificial intelligence to accelerate farming knowledge. There's autonomous technology to deliver extraordinary efficiency. And all of that and more is to make sure every centimeter of farmland is productive. And then you can go through and see some of the specific products that they offer to make sure all of this happens. Like one is called Exact Emerge. And that's a tool for planting seed that allows the farmer to space out the seed precisely in the right spot so no seed is ever wasted. 
uh, Jesus didn't work for John Deere. And based on the story he told today, I doubt he'd even get an interview with the company. They would be appalled at Jesus' method of farming. It's not neat, it's not pretty, and certainly according to John Deere, it would not be good farming. But Jesus says that's the way uh, uh, that farmer happened to do it in his story, just slinging seeds wherever it wanted to go without any regard to where it landed. Some fell in places that that had no chance whatsoever of ever taking root and producing fruit. And some fell on very fertile soil where there was an abundant harvest. Farm Forward 2.0 would not have very many takers if they only got a 25% yield on their planting. But you know, Jesus was not just talking about good or bad farming. He was telling a parable. And he did that a lot. As a matter of fact, in this chapter of Matthew, there are seven parables. And we're going to look at several of them over the next few weeks. And just so that we understand what a parable is, a parable, parables are not just some nice uh, children's sermon kind of story that gets our attention. Parables are stories, but they're stories with a particular meaning. They're stories meant to give a particular message. And oftentimes, Jesus would use these stories, these parables, to change expectations. Jesus would tell these stories to challenge assumptions and preconceived notions and attitudes and and even prejudices in order to open us up to the possibility of a new way of thinking and and understanding, and even a new way of living. His message is, you think you've got God all figured out. And if you do, then you are not able to see who God really is and what God is really up to. So have I got a story for you. And he would often tell the stories about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And again, just so we're clear, the kingdom of God is what life looks like when God reigns. Where God's desire for life takes root and grows and helps to shape the way we live our lives. And you've probably heard me say this before, but the kingdom of God is usually different than you think, but always better than you know. And that's why Jesus told parables. So back to the parable for today. In one of the rare occasions in the Bible, Jesus actually explains what it means. He said that the seed is the good news about the kingdom of God. And so, 
as Isaiah said in that earlier reading, God is a sower. And so the different types of, of, of soil are people's lives. It's a description of how receptive we might be to the seed that God is sowing. And if you're like me, when you hear this story, you immediately begin to, uh, to analyze and think, well, what kind of soil am I? Well, the truth is, I'm every kind of soil that was described. And I bet you are too at different times. Jesus talks about some of the soil being really hard. And there's no question that sometimes my attitudes harden me to a point where that seed just lays there. It has absolutely no chance of taking root. Anyone watching ever gotten excited about God? But then along comes something that distracts us, draws our attention away from what God wants for us, or, or is, God is choked out by the thorns and the weeds that grow up, all the stresses of daily living? Or have we ever had to take a stand for what we think God wants from us? and what we believe God would have us do. But when the heat gets turned up a little bit because of that stand, the roots aren't deep enough to take the heat, and we wither and die. I've had all those experiences. Maybe in the last couple of weeks. But have you ever had an experience where your life was fertile when you were open and receptive to what God was sowing in your life? Where God's Word really does sink in and takes root and, and, and we, we're amazed at the fruit that comes from what God has planted in us? I assume that's one reason we like to sing, Lord, let my heart be good soil. We sing it almost like a prayer. Because we want to be fertile. We want to be receptive for what God plants in us. It just depends on the type of soil that we are. I'm so glad to be working now with Mark Hellman. Some of you uh, may not have met him yet, but Mark has come in with our uh, congregation to be our new worship director. He's the one providing all the great music for our services. But what a lot of you may not know is Mark is kind of a a master gardener. He loves to, to be in the dirt and, and plant things. And he has assured me that with enough work, you can take the worst kind of soil and, and make it produce some kind of harvest. You just have to really work at it. But you know, as important as all of that is for us, as much as we want to be good soil for what God is planting, that's not really at the heart of what this story is all about. Jesus really isn't talking so much about the kind of soil as he is focusing on the sower. 
and on the seed. And what makes this story surprising is how that sower sows the seed. He doesn't seem to mind that some of it's going to go where it's not going to take root at all or it's going to die out pretty quickly. He just slings that seed out generously, extravagantly, even wastefully. Jesus is trying to help us see that it's God's generosity that motivates that kind of abundant sowing. Without that kind of extravagance, there wouldn't be much of a harvest because the soils of our lives are so different and so varied. Remember, Jesus explained this story to His disciples, the ones that He is training, the ones He is wanting to go out and be the sowers. So let's consider that Jesus is telling this story to us in hopes that we become the ones who sow. That we are the ones who are scattering the seed of God's Word. If we do, I suspect that because we are so steeped in efficiency and effectiveness, that we're going to make sure that we can go to the places where we can be assured of a good harvest. We're going to probably follow that Farm Forward 2.0 program. I mean, why bother sowing it with so-and-so? They're not going to get it. They won't receive it. They don't care anything about it. Why bother to, to sow some seed with, with people who don't agree with us? Or who don't act like us? Or think like us? Or look like us? That's just going to be wasting all that good effort and good seed. So why bother slinging this seed where it's not going to take root? Why bother? Because God bothers. The point Jesus is making is that God lavishly and graciously and generously sows all of that good news and lets it fall wherever it may. Because that's who God is. And that's good news for us. Because if God didn't sow the seed of good news that way, then we might miss out on that good news because oftentimes our hearts, our lives are hard and rocky and unable to, to receive it. They're not as fertile as they could be. So why would we bother sowing that way? Well, the truth be known, we're not very good judges of soil quality. We don't ever know how fertile a person's life might be. At any given point in their life, they, they may be open and receptive to receive exactly what we are offering with all the hurt and the hopelessness, with the, with the fear of this disease, 
with the struggle for justice that's going on in our world right now, the seed of God's love and mercy and grace might be exactly what somebody needs to give them hope and new life. What might look like very dry and rocky soil might be the field that will produce an amazing and abundant harvest. Dr. Tom Long of Princeton Seminary, preaching a sermon on this parable, told about what one Presbyterian congregation did for their confirmation. After eight weeks of study, they would bring the students into the worship service and celebrate their confirmation, but they would also take a little bit of time to, to show off what they had learned. Might be a passage of scripture or a creed or a prayer, something along those lines. This particular year, the class had memorized Romans 8. And so the teacher went down the line and asked each student this question. What can separate you from the love of God? And each one in turn would recite that glorious conclusion to the passage of Romans 8. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor, nor, nor the present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And each student who did it just beamed when they reached the conclusion. And their parents just beamed. And the whole congregation was beaming at such bright young students. But the further it went down the line, the more anxious the congregation became. Because at the end of the line was Rachel. A sweet young girl with a glorious smile and an easy grace. But a Down syndrome child who couldn't possibly he expected to memorize Romans 8. And yet, when it came her turn, the question came, Rachel, what can separate you from the love of God? Then that big smile came across her face. And she responded with but one word. Nothing. Rachel was that day a parable about the kingdom of God. A field that may not look all that fertile. A field into which you might not bother to spread much seed. 
someone who was so worthy. So worthy. Because you never know. You just never know how unexpectedly abundant the harvest might be. Jesus tells stories to remind us that the kingdom of God has come near. Sometimes that message takes root and grows, and sometimes it doesn't. But that doesn't stop God, and it should not stop us. Because who knows that somebody who needs that good news might only hear it based on how we sow the seed. The engineers at John Deere might find that to be troubling. So wasteful, inefficient. But sorry, John Deere. When God's at work, no farm forward 2.0 is needed. Grace, mercy, and peace is yours from our risen Christ. Amen.
during these hard moments of the COVID-19 pandemic. We give thanks for God's abundant seeds of grace being planted into our anxious and worried world. Let us pause for this moment of praise. Praise be the nurses and doctors, every medical staff bent over flesh to offer care for lives saved and lives lost for showing up either way. Praise for the farmers tilling soil, planting seeds so food can grow, an act of hope if ever there was. Praise be the janitors and garbage collectors, the grocery store clerks and the truck drivers barreling through long, quiet nights. Give thanks for bus drivers, delivery persons, postal workers, and all those keeping an eye on water, gas, and electricity. Blessings on our leaders making hard choices for the common good, offering words of assurance. Celebrate the scientists working a way to understand the thing that plagues us to find an antidote, and all the medicine makers. Praise be the journalists keeping us informed. Praise be the teachers, finding new ways to educate children from afar and blessings on parents holding it together for them. Blessed are the elderly and those with weakened immune systems, all those who worry for their health. Praise for those who stay at home to protect them. Blessed are the domestic violence victims on lockdown with abusers, the homeless and refugees. Praise for the artists and poets, the singers and storytellers, all those who nourish with words and sound and color. Blessed are the ministers and therapists of every kind, bringing words of comfort. Blessed are the ones whose jobs are lost, who have no savings, who feel fear of the unknown nine. Blessed are those in grief, especially who mourn alone. Blessed are those who have passed into the great night. Praise for police and firefighters, paramedics, and all who work to keep us safe. Praise for all the workers and caregivers of every kind. Praise for the sound of notifications, messages from friends reaching across the distance. Give thanks for laughter and kindness. Praise be our four-footed companions with no forethought or anxiety, responding only in love. Praise for the seas and rivers, forests and stones who teach us to endure. Give thanks for your ancestors, for the wars and plagues they endured and survived. Their resilience is in your bones and your blood. Blessed is the water that flows over our hands and the soap that helps keep them clean each time a baptism. Praise every moment of stillness and silence so new voices can be heard. Praise the chance and slowness. Praise be the birds who continue to sing the sky awake each day. Praise for the primrose poking yellow petals from dark earth. Blessed is the air clearing overhead so one day we can breathe deeply again. And when this has passed, may we say that love spread more quickly than any virus ever could. 
May we say this was not just an ending, but also a place to begin. The peace of Christ be with you always. The peace of the Lord be with you. The peace of Christ be with you. Praying separately in our homes, yet united in the spirit. Let us together intercede for all the needs of the world. In response to each bid, Conclude each petition with the words, your mercy is great. Gracious God, your word has been sown in many ways and places in our anxious and worried world. May your extravagant seeds of grace take root in the hearts of people as we face the difficult challenges of a pandemic, systemic racism in our nation, global warming that has affected our world, and the continuing problems of hunger, poverty, and immigration. Hear us, O oh God. Mercy is great. Creating God, the mountains and hills burst into song and the trees and fields clap their hands in praise. We pray for the birds and animals who make their homes in the trees and for lands stripped bare by deforestation. Empower us to sustainably use what you have given. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Reigning God. We pray for our nation's leaders. Increase their desire for justice and equality. Give them courage and a deep desire to move beyond partisan politics to do the right things. We pray for our enemies. Bring good things to them. Bridge the chasms that divide us and guide authorities to a deep, and lasting peace. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Abiding God, care for all who are in need, and especially those in our family of faith who are sick. Leslie Ashmeyer, Susan Bayman, Jesse Brock, Larry Crawford, Sam Green, Kay Katz, Mary Lou Schofield, Steve Sherrill, Bill Shomo, Luray Spaulding, Roger Strong, Ron Wagner. May your healing hand touch and sustain them. 
For those who are doubting, Lord, renew faith. For those who are worrying, provide release. For those who are struggling, ease burdens. For those who are in fear, give hope. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Renewing God, revive your church in this place. Nourish and nurture the seeds you have planted that we might grow as disciples. Help us still feel a sense of community, even though social distancing has kept us apart. Send your spirit to fill Pastor Bill and the church council to guide us through these difficult times. Sustain our ministries and help us find ways to serve beyond our wall and in our community. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We pray for those whose lives are most affected by the pandemic. We praise and give thanks for doctors, nurses, and staff at New Hanover Medical Center as they minister to those sick with the coronavirus. Protect and strengthen them. For those who are sick and struggling, bring healing. For those who have lost loved ones, please plant seeds of hope and thanksgiving. Guard our community from the pandemic's deadly spread. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. We give you thanks for the gift of marriage and ask that you might bless Kelsey and Reagan Aaron, who will be married this Sunday afternoon. Plant in them the seeds of love and serving as they commit themselves to each other. We also praise you for the gift of new life with the birth of Geneva Estelle Jero. Bless her parents, Chris and Carol, as they welcome her home. Give them strength, joy, and an abiding sense of your presence in their family. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Receive these prayers, O God, and those too deep for words. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hear this assurance of grace. God has always loved you. God loves you now, and God will love you forever. This is the good news that gives us new life. The good news that God sows into our hearts so that it may take root and grow 
and abundantly produce a harvest of grace. And so we go about our daily living trusting that this same God will bless us and keep us, that God's face will shine on us with grace and mercy, that God will look upon us with favor and will give us peace. Amen. in peace, God is with you. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God.